last year of college. I was 21 at the time and I already talked about this previously in a past video in a different series, the Active Temple series. But that's not the point of this video. So just a quick rundown. Last year of college, spring of that year, I was trying to find an internship for the summer. Which it's quite common for college students to work in a related field, in an internship in a related field while they're still in school, either during summer full-time or part-time during the school year. And which is what I did. Well, I tried to do anyways. And I remember going to all these job fairs and meet the firms, all these professional events, to try to find employment. And while I was talking to all these employers, I could just sense that they knew I needed them more than they needed me, which was true. As me, as a college student and college graduate, I was a dime a dozen. There were so many other of my peers that were so similar to me. And normally in my school, in the University of Badamino, it's expected, or well, it's presumed to say, that once you graduate, you work in the nearby California, Nevada area, with few exceptions work in a related field. With me, it was going to be public accounting, which is what I've been learning for the past few years studying in, in the University of Nevada. I wasn't able to find anything though, so what I did, which I thought made sense, which I still think it makes sense now, is to widen your search, which that widening of the search eventually brought me to working as a government accounting intern in upstate New York, working in a little place called Wilmington, New York a city of about 30,000 people near Syracuse in upstate New York. Part of the reason was I wanted to do something productive for that summer. Yes, that's true, especially since this was going to be my last summer as a college boy. I wanted to make something out of it. And another part was I wanted to see a different part of the country. I'd never been to the East Coast before. And all I really knew about New York was I knew about New York City and Niagara Falls, which I want to see both, and which I ended up seeing both. They were both valuable experiences as I DIY'd both of these tracks. And it was back one year ago from this time, when I was 20 years old, as an exchange student in China, where I discovered my love of solo trekking. And I continued at 21, which is what I did during that summer as well. And my trek to New York City, I did that before even my internship started. I did it in May 2017. And what I learned from the previous year of the day trips, I, all the day trips I did in Shanghai was that you need to do a lot of pre-planning if you're going to do your own independent travel, which is what I did before going to New York City, big capital. I did a lot of due diligence to make sure I knew the places where I wanted to see and anything else related to arriving in a different city. And as I was doing all this research from sightseeing to where to live and food, how to get around the city, and I was shocked by the price of the Big Apple. It was so expensive. And one of the largest expenses was going to be living accommodation. After unsuccessfully finding a couch surfing post, 
I was able to find couchsurfing post. Couchsurfing is basically when you are you sleep in a stranger's living room, you sleep on a couch for free. I was unable to find one, so I decided I was just going to wing my roof over my head once I got to New York City. And to further save on costs, I remember the food, the food I brought. I was still feeling, I, I was still, how do I put this? I was a very cost conscious person. And to further save on costs, I brought with me for food two jars of peanut butter and two apples. That was going to be my food for the next three days. Three days and four nights, I believe. That's when. That was my length of staying in New York City. So after arriving in Rome, New York, which I had to take, I had to rent a car to drive from Syracuse to Rome. It took about over an hour. And once I got settled into where I was living in Rome, I walked to the Amtrak station train, which was over an hour as well, to take the train to Big Apple. And that train ride took about six hours fairly uneventful, there was Wi-Fi on there. And once I got there, I got to New York City, Manhattan, Penn Station. You know, I hit the ground running, it was a foggy day, there was a lot of fog going around, and a slight drizzle as well. And I remember that first day when I first got to New York City, it was just, I was on foot, so I didn't, I didn't get very far. I saw Madison Square Garden, Central Park, Upper East Side, and eventually, as the uh, rain started coming down a little bit harder, I wanted to seek some shelter. Which I eventually went to the Rockefeller building, nicknamed Top of the Rock, to you know, get some shield from the elements. And this was a very famous you know, landmark in New York City, Top of the Rock. You know, see most of the entire city, well, Manhattan at least, and Brooklyn as well. Most of the city, New York City, from top of the building. And I got there to the Rockefeller building. I was surprised that I got to pay for it. You know, it's just the top of the building. Like, I'm standing on the top of the building right now. Why do I have to pay for it? So in my dismay of having to pay, you know, double digit, like maybe, I don't remember, off the top of the building, like more than $30 just to go to the top of the building. I was going to pay that. So just as I was going to turn a leave, I got a tap on my shoulder. And a female voice said, hey, and I just turned around, it was a middle-aged lady with a smile on her face, and she asked me if you need a ticket, and in my taking aback of this, I just nodded. And she handed me a ticket, and she walked away, she rejoined the group of students, high school students that she was meeting. Apparently they had an extra ticket, and gave one to me. And I looked down at the ticket, it said student age 14 to 17. I was thinking to myself, alright, I can pass for 17 years old. I was quite exhilarated and happy with myself, and so I was thinking to myself, yeah boy, I get myself for free. In my glee, I saw the high school students queuing up, and I joined up, ran up, and joined the back of this queue, and tried to blend in with these high school students to get in, which I did, no problem. And I started looking around the mini-museum that was part of the Rockefeller building. You know, very pleased with myself, able to get in for free. 
but before taking the taxi elevator up to the top of the rock, top of the building. And once those doors they parted, it was strangely quiet, and all I saw was white, just white. It was a very foggy day, and it was like drizzle. So when you're on the top of the building, you're not going to be able to see anything, which is why maybe that's why that maybe had a go to the top of the rock on a day like this and you can't see anything. And I talked to the security guard there asking if um, which day would be better to see this landmark and he gave me some advice about a quick friendly chit chat because I do. Before I left feeling a bit disappointed. And I spent the rest of that day as the day was ending in Times Square just wandering around. And as dusk approached, that feeling of exhilaration for being in a strange city, being dropped into a strange city yet again, and being by myself, it started to fade away, that um, exhilaration for lack of better words. And I looked at, it was quite crowded, I looked at all the people around me, they seemed so happy. And it was a, it seemed to be a party that I was left out of. And as nightfall came, I was still in Times Square. I remember a man dressed up as a Spider-Man. He jumped up in front of me, very, you know, very energetic, asking if I want to take a selfie. I just shook my head and screwed away. I was thinking to myself where I was going to stay that night. I didn't know anyone in this city, and everything was so expensive. I was feeling scared. I didn't do I did go in with some planning though. I found a homeless shelter in my due diligence. It was near Chinatown, so I took the subway down to Chinatown to go to that homeless shelter, following my Google Maps on my phone. And once I found that pinpoint on my GPS, you know, I walked inside the shelter and asked if they had any space. At this time it was around 8 p.m. And the front desk front desk attendant said no, we were out of space since it came earlier. And my head just dropped, I was a bit heartbroken, and I just walked back outside and began looking at the street corners, seeing which ones were kind of dry as it started to rain a little bit more, so that I can um, sleep there for the night, sleep on the street corner. And I was praying to God or Buddha or whoever would listen that I wouldn't get robbed or molested while I slept in the street corner. Then as I was walking away from the solar shelter, I walked back inside and asked the front desk attendant, Hey man, do you know any other places that can take me tonight? And the dude, he gave me a empathetic look and handed me a flyer with a name and an address. The place was called Main Chance and gave me directions on how to take the subway there, which I did. I found the place without too much issue and I walked inside of Main Chance, which was another home of shelter. And they greeted me with a security screen, you know, making sure I didn't have any weapons and whatnot. And I remember they asked me, or part of that screening was if my, the bottle I had, the water bottle with that water, was empty. 
my childlike innocence, I didn't understand that. They were asking to see if I had any alcohol with me. They didn't want drunk people there. Which I didn't have alcohol, it was just water. So after they said yes and they let me in, and I remember the security guy, I shook his hand vigorously, thankful to have a place to stay, a roof over my head for the night, which I would eventually stay there for uh, three nights. And once I got settled in there, my thoughts began turning to, uh, I needed, to, I wanted to contact my mom. I didn't contact her all day. She knew I was going to make this long trek from upstate New York down to Big Apple. I didn't contact her all day as I didn't have Wi-Fi. And well, I, I just didn't contact her, just put it at that. But my phone was dead. But I thought to myself, oh, no problem. I see all these outlets everywhere. I'll just try my phone real quick. And to my horror, none of them worked. And this was my only phone. I didn't have a power bank. I was going to try and make these three days with just one charge on a smartphone, which it didn't work out. And as I began to panic a little bit, trying to charge my phone into every available outlet I could see, to the bewilderment of the real homeless that were actually living there, a couple of them took pity, and they, these couple guys, they helped me eventually find an outlet that worked. And in my gratitude, I offered them one of the most precious things I bought with me. It was a mostly eaten jar of peanut butter my only food and they let me decline. Thing is, anyways, I've had my phone charged. I used to expect went outside, stepped outside to make a quick phone call with my mom. And she began giving me this lecture, this lecture of you know the mom's told me like are you eating? Are you safe? etc. Eventually another family member asked if I was staying in a five-star hotel. Well, not quite. As I was quite secretive on my planning to Big Apple. Eventually my mom got a bit more pushy on wanting to know where I was where I was staying. And my response was uh we're breaking out mom, gotta go. And I just hung up. Went back inside and got a few hours of sleep that night. I wasn't used to it as they weren't real beds, they were just a plastic chair that you sleep on that could lean back a little bit. And they roused you over, they roused you up like early in the morning, about 5 a.m. They kicked everyone out pretty early in the morning. But before that, they beat you. I remember I got a hard boiled egg. And me with my lack of food, I remember it was the best egg I ever ate in my life. And that was the gist of my three-day adventure in New York. It was very safe. And it was kind of difficult as I was doing all this walking. I wasn't getting enough sleep. I didn't get much sleep in that homeless shelter. It wasn't the most comfortable place I ever stayed. I didn't have much food either. It's just when I got really hungry, I would just eat a couple bites of peanut butter and it would keep me going. But I got to to see what I wanted to see though, except for the top of the block where it was too cloudy. Got to see, besides the things I already mentioned, uh, Statue of Liberty, I did a quick visit to Newark, New Jersey, saw Ellis Island, Staten Island, what else? 
Brooklyn Bridge, that was a big one as well. And Wall Street. I to see all these places. And by the end of this three-day adventure, you know, I just went back to Penn Station, get back on the Amtrak train, back up to Rome, New York. Which I just, I remember I fell asleep on that train. I was, the seats in the Amtrak were much more comfortable than the seats in the homeless shelter bus. They had Wi-Fi, a charger, and I was really tired. And that was a three-day adventure. And what I got from that, well, I remember when I was 20 years old, one year ago before this story, I had discovered my love of solo trekking, you know, in China as an exchange student. I went to Suzhou, Guangzhou, all over Shanghai, you know, by myself exploring, sometimes using the bullet train to get to places. That's where I discovered that love of solo trekking that I still have. That one year later, at 21, I discovered that when you're doing all this independent travel, you can't do it all yourself. You're a stranger in a strange city. There are so many things that can go wrong, the list is endless. And eventually something is bound to go wrong, and when something goes wrong, sometimes you need the help of a stranger. And during my little trek to New York City, the Apple, it came in the form of the kind woman that gave me a free ticket up to the top of the rock. It came in the form of that front desk attendant in the homeless shelter that put me in a place that had space to take me in tonight. Not the homeless shelter, that had place to take me in. It was the two guys that I didn't even know they were homeless. They were a lot less privileged, a lot less lucky than I was. You know, I got to go to college, I had family that family back home that cared about me. You know, these guys that were had a much more difficult, much, much more difficult than me, these two guys, they still helped me. They helped me find the charges so I could charge my phone so I could contact my family back home. You know, that, these were the strangers, the kind strangers that helped me during these three days in New York City. And my mom, they, she calls them in Kathy's Waiyan. And Waiyan basically means valuable people, quite literally. It's people that you don't know them, but they still help you. I found that you need these people, you know, in subsequent journeys. There's, again, stranger in a strange city, so many things can go wrong. And I got first-hand experience of meeting these Waiyan in Cambodia, Thailand, in Myanmar, Japan, Korea, and in Mexico as well. Which, these are stories for a different time. But to wrap this up, I will say that it's important to approach strangers on a back foot, on a back foot, excuse me. It's important to approach strangers on your back foot, as in you are a bit hesitant, careful when dealing with new people that you don't know. But you never underestimate, you never under underestimate, you never underestimate human kindness.